Hi, Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we're all about safer holiday driving. This April, get one tyre free when you buy three selected Bridgestone, Yokohama or Dunlop tyres. Plus, up to $150 instant cash back on selected tyre brands like Bridgestone, Michelin, Pirelli, Goodyear, Continental and Dunlop. We won't be beaten with our best tyre price guarantee. Shop online at bobjane.com.au. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we'll look after you. Taste and see supply. This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news, powered by race fuels in association with Bob Jane T-Marts. From supercars to club racing, race fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need them. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Each week, multi-award winning journalist Mark Fogarty brings the big stories and talks to the big names. If it matters in motorsport, you'll hear it first, right here on Parked Up Plus. Coming up, why Misfit Team is on top. Supercar's Gen 3 diversion tactic and Targa Future. Will Tarmac Road Rally survive? All this and more, straight ahead on Parked Up Plus. Here's folks. Hi there, race fans. Well, it's been a busy week in supercars as teams head west for this weekend's Perth Super Sprint at Wanneroo Raceway. There was a small centre of gravity adjustment for the Camaro, changes to improve the Gen 3 car's repairability, new measures to stop engine fires, Ford set to get revised motor mapping, and LED race position windscreen panels will be introduced at Wanneroo. Also, there was discussion of changing the pit lane order to round by round. But by far the biggest news was reigning champion Shane van de Gisbergen's multi-year renewal with Triple Eight. So let's look at that first. It's no surprise. Best option for both. No better driver is available, and no team would better serve SVG. So, done deal for 2024 through 2026. With Brock Feeney also locked in for multiple years, Triple Eight has a succession plan in place. Potential players for big moves next year are Cam Waters, Will Davison, and Anton Di Pasquale. The futures of Davo and Di Pasquale at DJR will likely depend on results. Waters could be a candidate to replace either. After SVG, the top pick would be Chas Mostert or Brody Kostecki, but they're locked in for at least another year. So, to the Gen 3 changes ahead of Perth. Relocated ballast at the rear of the Camaro to balance centre of gravity with the Mustang, well, no big deal. New engine mapping for the Mustang, if it happens in time for Wanneroo, could bridge the top-end performance gap. Despite the 5.4-litre Ford Coyote and 5.7-litre Chevrolet LTR V8s being equal on average engine performance across the rev range, that's not reflected in racing conditions. There's evidence that acceleration and response of the Ford motor is inferior in gears 4 to 6. 
Ford has been chasing an adjustment for months now. New measures to reduce damage in crashes will be in play at Wanneroo. In simple terms, teams are able to modify the front and rear chassis clips to absorb more impact. Crash damage has been a big Gen 3 issue so far, as have Mustang engine fires, hopefully resolved by relocating oil catch tanks to the rear. And from Wanneroo, the cars will display LED windscreen panels showing race position. Trialled on the Gen 3 prototypes last year, the readouts will help fans keep track of running order. Now, the new debate about pit lane order. Suddenly, there's discussion about changing it from the previous year's championship team order to a round-to-round allocation based on rolling positions. There are suggestions it was raised by supercars to distract attention from the more pressing Gen 3 issues. Who would have thought? Well, opinion along the pit lane is divided. The main argument against changing the pit lane order each round according to the team standings from the previous round is that it undermines the team's championship. The team's title is secondary to the drivers' championship in the minds of fans, but pit lane position is a valuable prize. Yes, changing it round to round could mix things up. Erebus would be ahead of Triple Eight on the current score, with DJR down the order, but is it worth diminishing the value of the team's battle over the whole season? Well, that's the big question, still to be decided. Few other major series change pit order each round. Notably, IndyCar and NASCAR have variations, but their pit lane setups are very much different. More after this short break. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuels.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Welcome back. The man of the moment in supercars is Brody Kostecki, leading the championship as he heads to his home race in Perth. Kostecki has blossomed in Gen 3, taking the fight to Triple as Erebus Motorsport emerge as a serious title contender. Two race wins at Albert Park have put him at the top of the points table. Now, Kostecki is, well, to say the least, an unconventional character, and he admits that the Coca-Cola racing squad is, in fact, a band of rebels. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Betty likes to um, put it like we're just a band of misfits um, sort of thing, which is, um, you know, true, true, really, really, to be honest. And, um, yeah, we're all sort of eccentric in our own ways. And, um, um, yeah, we all sort of just get along really well with each other and everyone's got the same, you know, same agenda and that's to, you know, be the best that they can be. And, um, you know, if everyone can, um, you know, do their job and, you know, focus on their job and be the best that they can be. Um, 
you know, we have results that we've had so far this year. And, um, yeah, there's been sort of a change of culture in the team team in the last, I guess, you know, two years to a year. Um, you know, we're, we're a very young team as well. We have, you know, very young employees. And, um, you know, it's just really exciting to sort of be around everyone, sort of the age, you know, same age group, uh, bar a few of the guys. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's sort of a great atmosphere to be around. And, um, yeah, we've had a, you know, a lot of fun you know, this season and, um, you know, we had fun last season, but we weren't winning, um, obviously, and it's not really much fun to me when you're not winning, but um, yeah, you still have to make sure that everyone enjoys enjoys what they're doing and enjoy going to work every day. Kostecki is excited to be heading home to Perth as the championship leader. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um, you know, going home to my, you know, my home round, and, you know, as you would say, being born and raised in Perth, uh, you know, Western Australia, um, you know, carrying the um, orange numbers there is going to be really cool in front of, you know, friends and family as well. And, um, yeah, really just looking forward to it. I've really enjoyed, you know, the racing so far this year. Well, of course you would because you're doing so well. Um, I don't know, mate. Are you surprised that Erebus is setting the pace so far? Um, yeah, I'm not really surprised, to be honest. Um, you know, the, there's, there's been a a lot of hard work and effort, you know, behind the scenes that's gone into this, um, you know, Gen 3 era, um, you know, as far as from our side of things on the Erebus side and, uh, you know, from when I first did my first lap, you know, when we shook the car down, um, you, know, you know, Winton for the first time, um, you know, I felt confident in the car straight away and, you know, the team's just done a fantastic job, you know, giving me the tools that I need to be able to, you know, run up front and, um, you know, be on that top step and, you know, fight for wins. Um, you know, so far this season. Well, mate, you've been coming like a freight train for a couple of years, and now you're right up there. How is it battling with the established greats? You know, well, Shane Van Gisbergen is the is the top is the top one, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's been sort of the benchmark for the last couple of years since you know sort of Scotty left, and you know, he's a pretty sort of hard and um, you know respectful racer as well. He's you know very knowledgeable about you know, how, how the car works and, um, you know, where, you know, car placement and whatnot. And, um, you know, every time that I've had to race him, whether or not it's been in a, you know, obviously up the front or whether he's coming back through the pack, you know, if he's had an incident, um, you know, he's always been really fun to race. And, um, you know, you really have to, you know, put your big boy pants on when you're racing him. Um, you know, he's pretty smart. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be a good challenge for me and I'm really looking forward to it. The Burley Sandgrober also reveals that Shane Van Gisbergen's re-signing is an added incentive to keep racing here. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was, I've, regardless if it was to beat him or whatever, you know, there's 25 other guys out there and, you know, he was the benchmark for, I guess, the last three years, but... Um, yeah, you know, the good thing about this sport is it resets every year, like like you know most sports. So, um, but you know, I guess he's been fortunate enough to, you know, be the man for the last three years. But um, there's been a pretty big reset this year with the new car and whatnot. Obviously, that we've seen so far. So, um, yeah, I've, I always had you know boxes to tick on my on my side of things before I looked anywhere else, and you know that's gonna um, you know be the case until I tick them. And what are those other boxes? boxes to be ticked i mean you have a a background in the united states is nascar still on the radar yeah probably in the future but you know as of 
as of right now, that's sort of the last thing on my mind. Um, you know, I'm sort of a, a pretty simple person, um, I like to put it. And to be honest, I don't even have a schedule for Perth. Um, you know, to be honest, I sort of just live day by day and, um, and uh, you know, obviously put an effort into the rounds and, you know, do my study and whatnot. But, um, yeah, sort of just just taking it step by step at this point and um, just, just focusing on, you know, the task ahead and that's Perth coming up. Brody Kostecki is a racer's racer and he reckons his Gen 3 Camaro is a much better weapon. Um, yeah, I think, that I wouldn't say they're more difficult. Um, I'd say they're different and that's what makes it difficult. Um, but yeah, I think if you judge the car by itself without any preconceived, you know, thoughts or ideas, um, you know, it's just a race car to me. So um, yeah, there has been, it's, you know, I guess, little problems with it um you know i suppose with you know probably the biggest one being the crash damage being a bit hard to fix and um the cars being as not as strong as like initially thought but um to be honest it has sort of fixed a lot of the issues that we had last year with not being able to race closely and um you know the the cars obviously with the crash damage and whatnot there's going to be more crashes uh, unfortunately with the racing being closer so um you know last year you couldn't even get within a second of the uh car in front if you had the same pace you had to have a you know drastic pace difference to be able to you know to be able to pass the car in front and now that's not the case you can you know be the same speed and be able to stay right behind the car in front so uh yeah it's pretty exciting at grand prix um you know from my point of view being able to follow a car directly behind and not having aero wash or not having to worry about that your tires are going to be blown out in four corners so um yeah that, that, that was pretty exciting for me and um actually quite surprising as well so um, yeah, I think the car's done its job so far on 80% of the things, but it's just going to be those 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 last little things that'll be, you know, take a while to get fixed. More from Brady Kostecki in the full interview, which you'll hear in Parked Up with Grant Rowley on Thursday. The future of tarmac road rallies, which are almost uniquely Australian, is on the line. Following four deaths, in the past two Target Tasmanias, Motorsport Australia instituted a wide-ranging review. It resulted in more than 90 recommendations to improve the safety of Target-style events. It's an onerous list that calls into question the viability of tarmac road rallies, most notably Target Tasmania. As the sport continues to digest the findings, we asked Motorsport Australia Chief Executive Eugene Rocker if the sweeping recommendations were actually viable. Well, if you're talking about the future of Targa racing or Targa-style racing, the only way it can work is with the recommendations being implemented. The reality is that the sport, that discipline in our sport needed a hard reset. Um, we have a coroner, a coroner that still may investigate the four deaths. We have a government that has invested heavily in Targa, and I would expect, like everyone else who's had this unfortunate two-year period, that any future incarnation of Targa competition should involve the highest possible standards. And I believe the Targa review panel has basically created a platform for what would be an infinitely more safer, an infinitely safer event. So if we're talking about the future of Targa competition, the only way it can really be 
at least have a level of confidence about that future is if the work is being done to implement these 94 recommend, 93, 94 recommendations, which generally, as you know, focus on course design or course selection or course grading, uh, driver, uh, driver training and driver um, capacity and the vehicle safety. Um, there have always been three constants in most uh, motorsport activities, um, more so in Targa because it involves public roads, which don't have the normal barriers to get in most other events. And so I think the long answer to your question is I'm absolutely optimistic that Targa, a very unique part of our sport worldwide that still happens in Australia, will be able to continue with what we believe to be the highest standards of safety in the world for that sort of competition. The big question, of course, is whether Target Tasmania will survive so many restrictions. This year's event has been postponed until October, pending all the changes required, and a rocker is confident it will happen in a new form. I think that there'd be a lot of reasons why it should go ahead, uh, primarily because we've got enough time between now and then to get the recommendations um, implemented. The I've been quite pleasantly surprised by what I consider to be an underwhelming lack of response to the report. Uh, we haven't been inundated with aggrieved members or angry people. I think they're relieved that there's still a path forward, admittedly a difficult one that will require a lot of work and patience and regulation. But I think overwhelmingly, and we talk regularly with the Tarmac Rally Competition or Competitors Association, they're completely invested. They're completely invested in supporting the recommendations moving forward. So, so I think that answers your questions regarding members and stakeholders. There hasn't been outrageous and uproarious comment about the panel's report that I've seen. Uh, as far as Targa Australia is concerned, the organisation that's got the most investment in Targa-style racing, um, we're moving forward. We want to work with them. I'm sure that they would want to satisfy the government that they can run this event in October, and that's the plan. We've actually advertised for a rally and off-road manager that can help us implement these um, changes, and even without that management in place, we are committed to helping Targa style activities continue after the 1st of July. So I'm pretty optimistic. Um, I don't believe Tiger Australia is anything other than very committed to trying to make these events work. And more pleasingly, many of the members and other stakeholders are very supportive. We, can, we could not continue uh, with the former style of event operation given what had happened over the last two years. Just unsustainable. And from an insurance from a legal, from a community, from an ethical point of view. We cannot have member families completely distraught by what can be considered un unnecessary deaths given what we're now planning going forward. Clearly, getting Tiger events up and running again is a big job. Hopefully, so many new rules won't make it unviable. Back after this short break. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast is all in the name. It's all motorsport. Focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year. But the truth is that our sport never stops. 
Almost every weekend, there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight. You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. And we're heading for the chequered flag. In national news, Melbourne Performance Centre will enter at least two cars in the Porsche Carrera Cup Australia Championship from round two at Darwin in June. Renowned for predominantly running Audis in the GT World Challenge and TCR Australia Series, MPC will take over the entries of pro driver Nick McBride and pro-am stalwart Mark Sini in the All Porsche Championship. Team owner Troy Russell told Parked Up Plus that he's looking forward to the new Stuttgart Challenge. The two Hallmark cars come across, um, you know, our relationship with Mark that dates back to 2011 when we started running him in an Audi. Um, so when he, when he asked us would we consider running Porsches, it was an easy an easy yes for us. We've known him for a long time and um, always happy to, to help out. He's been a great customer and a great guy to boot. So uh, when he rang me last week and asked me, of course it was a yes. Uh, we've taken delivery of the two cars. We're in the process of getting ourselves organised. There's a lot of sort of force-specific parts and equipment that we need to source, which we're well underway of doing. So we'll get back from, from WA, and um, by that stage, we'll sort of have all the all the bits and pieces in play and what we need to do in readiness for Darwin, really. That's, that's the next meeting, which is still sort of four or five weeks away. So we've got a little bit of time up our sleeve. But as always in motorsport, it will come around quickly, so we need to, need to get onto it and get everything sorted. This will be the first time in over a decade that MPC has entered cars in Carrera Cup, and Russell says the team is leaving no stone unturned to do the job at the highest level. If you look back in the history books, 2011, we ran a two-car Porsche team with Daniel Gaunt and Matt Coleman. Uh, finished second in the championship with Daniel that year. So it's not completely new to us, one make stuff. We did uh, mini challenge back in the day as well. We have a sort of 2008, 9, 10 with Grant Daniel and Paul Stokel. So that was, you know, again, one make series. So it's not completely new to us. It's a different challenge. Obviously, a one make series is uh, a lot more about attention to detail uh, if you want to get results. You've got to have attention to detail and you haven't got as much stuff to play with, I guess. It's probably the other way to look at it. So, yeah, there's a bit a bit involved. It's a bit of a challenge. Um, as always, it's about having the right people on the job, the right engineers, the right people on the tools. So we're just in the process of doing that. We've got Manal, uh, who has been doing stuff with Mark Sini this year already. So he, he's, he'll come across and continue his role as head of engineering. So that's that's a good key person to have on the team. And then, um, yeah, we just sort of need to fill the other roles, everything from mechanics through to time technicians, I guess. Second-generation racer Ben Grice will compete with a new chassis in the second round of the Trans Am National Series at Phillip Island next month. Rice was involved in a huge front straight incident that saw rival James Simpson spill spectacularly onto his roof 
on the front straight at Simmons Plains. After assessment from the team, the chassis was deemed unrepairable, forcing Grice's Melbourne-based squad to source a new chassis and use the salvageable components from his original Mustang to get the title contender back on track. The son of outspoken V8 legend Alan, Grice will test at Phillip Island on Wednesday, and he understands the importance of that first drive of his new car. Wednesday's test is going to be important. Um, I feel really good. Uh, it's just a matter of getting comfortable learning this car and, and uh, yeah, same old. I guess cars, you can't get too attached to them. They're a bit like girls or, or shoes, you know, you just put a new one on and send it. Ah, uh, Ben. The apple hasn't fallen far from the tree, has it? And now, with his roundup of racing over the weekend, is Grant Rowley. Thanks to our partner, Bob Jane Teamer. The World Rally Championship honoured the late Craig Breen at Rally Croatia, but his Hyundai team wasn't able to take the win as Elfin Evans took victory by 27 seconds from Ot Tanak and as Pekka Lapi. Sebastian Auger continues to lead the WRC points ahead of Rally Portugal. In Formula E, a doubleheader was contested in Berlin, where it was a Kiwi sweep with Mitch Evans and Nick Cassidy splitting the spoils. Ex-Formula 1 driver Pascal Vrielen leads the standings by four points from Cassidy ahead of the next round in Monaco. At Talladega, Kyle Busch took victory in the latest NASCAR Cup Series race ahead of Ryan Blaney and Chris Belcher. In British Touring Cars, Napa Auto Parts driver Dan Camish took two of the three victories at Donington Park in what was the opening round. Veteran Tom Chilton broke a four-year winless drought to greet the chicken flag first in a chaotic race too. Locally, Queensland and Victoria held state race meetings, with the motor racing season now well and truly in full swing. This weekend, Formula One returns with the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, while Perth hosts the third round of the Repco Supercars Championship, featuring Dunlop Super 2, TT World Challenge Australia, Super Utes and the WA Historics. Also on this weekend, the Superbikes and Aussie Racing Cars will compete at Queensland Raceway, plus the inaugural TCR World Tour Race in Portimao in Portugal, featuring Aussie star Ben Bagwana. A huge week of motorsport awaits. But in the meantime, I'm Graham Rowley, reporting for Parked Up Plus, with thanks to our friends at Bob Jane Teammates. Finally, our companion podcast, Girls on the Grid, is up for a major sports media award. Presented by Tanea McLeod and Prayer Richards, the show is one of the four finalists for outstanding media coverage in the Victorian Sports Awards. The winners will be announced at a gala function at Melbourne's Marvel Stadium on June 7. As well as the awards nomination, Girls on the Grid is celebrating 50 episodes. This week, Tanea and Priya spoke with Simona Di Silvestro, who is open to a return to supercars at the Bathurst 1000. Uh, well, I don't, you know, right now I'm, I think I'm in a pretty good position at Porsche, you know, with, uh, with my involvement in the, in the Formula E program. So, um, 
So that's kind of my priority now. And yeah, I don't know, you know, a wild card or, you know, as a co-driver, I think I would definitely, you know, I think if, if this opportunity would come up, you know, I think uh, it's something I, I definitely would, uh, would consider, would consider. That's just a quick taste of the interview with Simona, who also talks about her plan to compete in the bobsleigh at the 2026 Winter Olympics in Northern Italy. The 50th Girls on the Grid podcast is available now. That's it for this week. Back next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley on Thursday, featuring the full interview with Brody Kostecki. And don't forget Network R's other must-listen podcasts. Girls on the Grid every Monday and every second Friday. Gary O'Brien and Darren Smith host the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Show. This has been Parked Up Plus, where you hear the big news from the big names every week. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production. 